fun. Okay, today, you know, uh, on this uh, podcast, I normally have a lot of fighters, I have a lot of PTs, I have a lot of nutritionists, and I have a lot of doctors. But Steve, I just want to say today, you are the first ever MMA coach that I've ever had on this podcast. So Steve, welcome, man. How you doing? Yeah, good. Thanks. Uh, no, no pressure then. First one on. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, man, let me give you a little bit of insight. Like I've been running this podcast with my best friend for just over a year now. And we've got all the equipment that we have at home, at his place. But the issue is we're trying to get past the barrier of, uh, was it getting people on? Because yep. we have such a limited equipment. We're still quite young. So we're still going to z- stick to Zoom calls for the time being. So, yeah. uh, and like we said, we're trying to get as many people as we can on from like the Perth MMA community, Perth health and fitness community. So it's, it's good to finally branch out to a coach, man. Uh, so no I wanted, to, I just wanted to start off by asking you, man, like uh, you've been very popular lately amongst the Perth MMA community because you've got some absolute killers coming out of your gym, uh, the Wolf's Den. Uh, and I wanted to ask you, man, like, where did this all start? Where, what was your background in MMA? Um, so I've been doing this for about 35 years. Mm-hmm. I know I don't look that old, but yeah, I've been doing it quite a while. <laughs> um, so yeah, I started when I was like eight and I was doing, uh, I started in Taekwondo. I, I begged my mum to take me to it and then I ended up going to Taekwondo. And then I just, as soon as I started training and something, I I just loved like from the very beginning. Uh, I was quite natural at it. Um, then I just progressed through there. So like once I got my black belt taekwondo, I was competing on quite a high level. Um, with my dream to go to Olympics in taekwondo, but it never eventuated. I won nationals and things like that, but I never ended, ended up getting there. And then I sort of wanted to change to something more full contact and um, end up going to Muay Thai training, like Thai boxing. Um, at the same time, it was a boxing gym as well. So we started doing that. And then the very first UFC came out. And that's how long ago it was. So UFC came out. Everyone started thinking, what's this jujitsu? jiu-jitsu. So I started like training jujitsu wherever I could. I had to travel and train in that. And that's all, how it started from. And then just competing in MMA and Muay Thai. And then, yeah, just been doing it ever since. So, yeah, quite a long time now. I've been involved in martial arts. And hopefully I'll see me through until later in age as well. Wow. Okay. So just right off the bat, you've obviously had a very few styles from a very, very young age. What style of Taekwondo did you do? It was like WTF Taekwondo. So it was like mostly kicking. Um, I thought I could punch at the time, but then when you moved to Muay Thai, I realized I couldn't really punch very well. Um, my boxing wasn't that good. So it was something I had to work on. But yeah, very, very fast paced. It is full contact in that in that system. Now you can knock people out and things. And um but yeah, you wear the pad and it's one that's in the Olympics at the moment, that sort of style. And all the punches were to the body. And but you can kick to the body, kick to the head, and you can go as hard as you hard as you want. Um, a lot of people win on points, some people win by, by a knockout. And but then I wanted to like round my game out. So I wanted to start doing boxing, start doing like uh, tie boxing. And I really fell in love with that when, when I finished doing uh, taekwondo. And I've done that for the last, I don't know, 20 three four years and then doing jujitsu the same as well i just i just love it all i love being able to do everything um and yeah i love the fact that mma like combines everything it's you find when you do all these disciplines the principles are all the same um even though they look very very different when you're doing wrestling jujitsu tie boxing 
a lot of the principles you teach are the same. So it's just pretty cool to teach across all the disciplines. Wow. So Thai boxing, taekwondo, jiu-jitsu, and did I miss one? MMA, MMA, of course. Oh, I did did like a few years of freestyle wrestling. Um, Obviously still do wrestling now for for, uh, MMA. I did a couple of years of judo. But the the main four disciplines I've done for the majority of my life would be Brazilian jiu-jitsu, uh, boxing, tie boxing, and then obviously MMA putting it all together with the wrestling. Mm-hmm. Now, as a coach, obviously you want to uh, give away, like uh, help learn all the skills into your fighters and all that. Of all the disciplines, obviously you've come across a, a variety of disciplines. Which one would you say had been the most influential in your teaching? I don't think I could come. I don't think I'd put down to one really. I mean, I think wrestling. Is very important because it shows you where the fight can go. Like if you're a good wrestler, but you got some strike and you can stop the takedown, you can do the takedown. Like you can get to where you want to be. But um, I think you still need to have decent strikes and you need to have decent ground game to get off the floor or to be able to submit on the floor, get top position. So I, I wouldn't like to say one of them was the most influential. I probably competed mostly in tie boxing and MMA. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't like to say. It, one would sit out i think you have to be good at everything if you're good at everything you can get to a very high level but you get these outliers who are like really high level kickboxers or really high level jujitsu guys or really high level wrestlers and they're able to adapt and move over because they've got this really strong skill set but i think like if you can get good at everything you don't have to be the best but you get good at everything i think you can, you can go pretty far interesting okay and then from the time that when you uh started uh, in your first martial art in Taekwondo and then as you progress further on down the line and now you've got your own uh, place called the Wolves Den which is uh, yeah. a phenomenal name for a gym probably one of the best names you've come up with uh, what was the now because I like the name so much what was the inspiration behind the name? Um, well when I used to fight in Thai boxing my fight name was the Wolf but it was all like I was just being really into wolves and stuff and I thought the way the community is at the gym, it's very much a pack mentality. I thought it'd be really a cool name. And obviously when I got the design done for everything, it was just, I wanted really plain and really simple and just, just, just something that would be just a really cool name as well, you know? So that was, that was sort of like the behind it, the, having that pack mentality, that community mentality, everyone helps each other out. Uh, if we're all competing, you know, it's not just about one person. It's about the team. We build the team. We build the pack. We're all going to get stronger. We're all going to get better. And then, you know, Going to take over. Awesome. I like that. That's awesome, man. Now, obviously, last year, we're still now going through a pandemic. Last year, we went yeah. through a lockdown. And I now understand it was a really hard time for everybody. You know, we were forced to shut down. All gyms were forced to close. Uh, without getting, like, too personal, like, what did you do as a gym owner and as a coach to adapt to the yeah. situation which we had last year? Well, to be, to be fair, I mean, Perth, we've been pretty lucky. Um, yeah. with the pandemic and before so I've been running this gym for like uh, about 11 years now but the first part of it 10 years it wasn't the Wolves then it was Mac One have you heard of okay. Mac One? yeah yeah, 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 Mac cool. One, yeah. so I, I was there with the um, the owner Harvey Hesk and we had the gym together and I was I was always the head coach at Junlop and we built it up and we, we got it like got it really really good over those over those 10 years and it, when we hit the pandemic um, we decided. I decided to branch off and open the Wolves Den, which is, at the time, I was thinking this is either the worst mistake 
of my life, like trying to like branch off and rebrand as the Wolves then during the pandemic, oh, it's going to be a good thing. And to be fair, it's the way it's gone, it's the best thing I've ever done. Like mm. the last year has just gone insane. Like the fight team's got stronger than ever. Like that's in jujitsu, the, in the uh, MMA, the Muay Thai, everything's got really a lot stronger. The community's just got a lot tighter. The vibe's got really good. So it's a bit, a bit nerve wracking when I did it even though I've been running it for the last 10 years, we just decided over the, the that close, close uh, period, when we finished that, I rebranded as Wolves then, and I've just been going ever since as that, and we've been busier than ever, to be fair. Wow. Uh, that's That sounds like, to me, when you put it there, you thought what was going to be a, a terrible idea turned into the best idea ever, really. So. Yeah, yeah. It was just, it was, it was going to get, I was going to do it at some point anyway, but then we ended up doing it at that point. And um, yeah, it just went, yeah, it's just gone from strength to strength, to be fair. It's, it's gone really, really, really good. I can't, I can't complain, it's just busier than ever. The, the vibe is just amazing at the moment. Mm-hmm. And then just like, I've just got a group of killers in there now over all the disciplines and it's just getting better. That's great to hear you. That is true. That is true. Definitely. Uh, as I mentioned before the podcast, I had uh, Brian uh, Jankowski on a lot, I think it was a couple of weeks ago. And he was telling me about the strong mentality of the uh, gym because I live strongly by the idea that show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And mm. if you're around in a community where everyone's got the desire to get better or everyone's like, uh, got a desire to get stronger, then you too will grow with them. But however, if there's also another saying, which is if you uh, run with the lane, you develop a limp, meaning that yeah. if the people around you are bringing you down, then you too will be brought down as well. So your connections, yeah. your network is so important. Um, now, I wanted to, uh, to ask you, because he highly speaks of this community that you got going on, like what are some of the things you do as a gym owner to help like build that community? Just trying to make sure that, as I said before, the wolves then we're trying to have this like pack mentality where we we're helping is if we build everyone up as we're in the in the in the gym, whereas if we're not like I'm gonna just look after myself and this person's gonna look after themselves and we're just gonna train together, but there's no real there's no vibe and community there. We're never gonna like build it each other up and get better but if i can if i myself or the trainers or even the students can help everyone build up a little bit now you've got like all these upcoming killers are going to make you you better as well so we try and just can't try and make that that ethos in the gym where we're building everyone up and eventually someone who's come in and didn't even know what they were doing with the left foot and the right foot next minute the problems you know on the mat or the problems in the ring and just just going to make you better and that's what you got to do you got to build up the team it's not just about you it's about the whole the whole team itself you know so even though you're in there competing by yourself we try and have the mentality to help each other out and we do so say some guys or the girls are competing the ones who are not competing will help them out so then when they get to that stage or they're going to compete in the next one they'll help them out and it's just amazing to see see the development from someone coming in who's like super unconfident um maybe don't know the left from the right really uncoordinated just progress and just changing their absolute different human beings you know it's it, that's the most important thing you, you must know yourself being a pt just the development of of people 
just over a few months, never mind a few years, and how how they just change as individuals and how they progress, not just in the martial arts, but in the personal life and how they present themselves. So that's what we try and like promote through. I mean, but for instance, say like say Courtney, one of my fighters in the gym, Courtney Martin, she started with me just for a bit of fitness, just wanted to um just wanted to train. And then after like a small period, not really a long period, then she started seeing potential and then she said, I think I want to compete. Then she had her first MMA fight. Then within 18 months, she'd racked up numerous MMA fights, boxing, Muay Thai. We'd gone to the world championships and Gamma World Championships in MMA in Singapore. I was one of the coaches for the Australian team. And um, she won the Worlds. And not only did she win the Worlds, she was given the contract for the one championship. So to come from like absolute nothing and not and not know anything, like not not know how to throw a punch or a kick, and then really sort of just sort of plodding along, just training, but then over 18 months get to that stage, that's an amazing, that's just changed someone's whole life. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just really, it's really rewarding as a trainer, you know? Wow. So she made the progress that she said, so Courtney, Courtney Martin made the progress and that she just been just typical average gym girl wanted to come in, just want to get involved in 18 months down the track, get a contract to fight in a uh, professional MMA organization. Well, and the biggest then, one, other than UFC, is the biggest one in the yeah, world, you know? So it's, it's an amazing thing. And out of, when we went to world championships, there was like 50, 60 countries. There was like maybe 300 athletes or something. And there was only one male and one female from the whole thing was going to get a contract with one. And she was, wow. she not only won the world, like she won the contract because she was the most, looked like she had the most potential to, to compete, you know? So as, just as an example, I mean, and some people come in that don't want to compete. They want to come and just learn how, learn how to fight, protect themselves and get fit. But you see their life just change. And again, like it's just like super rewarding. And that's why I just love doing what I do, you know? So if we try and have that ethos with everyone, we're just going to get stronger and stronger. And that, that's that's the idea behind it. I think that's a very, very strong ethos. Mm. I mean, especially mm. how you can take someone and then turn them into pretty much a professional fighter like that. When you mm. are trying to get uh, this person to like transition into competing, like what as a coach are you looking for specifically? Uh, well, you're looking for like a certain, uh, it's not even the skill set. Sometimes the people are pretty raw, mm-hmm. but you see how they, maybe they start learning to develop stuff and they start to pick up something really quickly. Or when they start to do a bit of sparring or rolling, you start to see potential in their, their mental attitude as well. I think, oh man, I could really mold this person. They just, they really go for it. They really want to do it. They're really keen. And you just start seeing that progression. And Or sometimes even training people in the class and you start and, they're just plodding along doing the thing and the training and you're trying to invest in them, but you just start seeing a quick a change. There's a little bit of a change and you go, wow, they've got a bit of potential there. So then you start trying to like, obviously nurture that and build that up as well. So everyone's different. Some people are more natural at picking stuff up. Some to, some people are just really raw, but they've just got that passion and they just, just push through. And you know, when these guys just walks forward, you're like, I could probably make them into something decent, you know? Um, and, but the, you have to really want to do it as well because, uh, as you know yourself, competing in jiu-jitsu, the nerves that are involved and the sacrifice and just everything else that goes along with competition, you have to really want to do it yourself. So there's no point in me going, oh, I think you do really well. They've got to really want to do it because when it gets really tough, 
they're going to probably find excuses not to do it. So I like them to sort of come to me and say, like, Steve, I think I'm, I think I really want to compete. And I, at least I know that's, that's the direction I want to go in. And then we can start like developing a plan individually for them. Okay, should you be should, should be doing these classes, and this is what you need to work on, and then start working towards that. And the, and the cool thing is that I've got a really good coaches at the gym as well. So all my coaches are really switched on, we're on the same page, and that's what's really cool is that everyone can help them out. It's not just me having to do it. Everyone's going to be able to help that person get to where they want to be. Mm. So tell me about your coaches then. How did you find them? Or are these buddies of yours you grew up with, or people you had to go out there and the, search recruits? <laughs> Because I've been going like 11 years, the majority of the guys in the gym are people I've taught from the start. Wow. So they've, they've taught, they've competed, then they've worked their way up. So, um, yeah, I mean, we've got about, I'd say, nine or 10 coaches. Some of them are coming from outside and have come into the gym and brought a specific skill set. Some have been developed through the gym and then they've got up to that certain stage where they're at that high level. But the cool thing about the ones you're building up or, or within the gym is that usually because they've been in that community, they know, they know the focus of the gym and they know where we want to go to and how we want to deal with stuff because everyone's got different ways of training. Yeah, and I try and like celebrate that fact. Um, we want to be on the same page of where we want to go to, but everyone's got their certain skill sets. So it's really, yeah, I've got a really good group in the gym at the moment and really good coaches. So if I have to go away to say one championship with, with Courtney, I need to fly somewhere to, to people competing over East. I know I'm leaving it in good hands where they can uh, look after the gym, you know? That's awesome. That's, that's good to hear. Now, uh, what it, oh, the next thing I was going to ask you is that on your Instagram bio, you said that you were, I believe the coach of the 2019 national MMA team. Is that, that's correct? Mm. Yeah. That's the one the same part I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yes, mm. that's the one. So tell me, I wanted to ask you, uh, I know you briefly just mentioned it earlier on, but what was that whole experience for you like as for you as a coach? It was pretty, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Like it's special because I got to take Courtney over as well. Um, so I had one of my own students in there, but then you were looking after the team, and there was a couple of other coaches as well who was looking after the team, like good high-level guys. And you had, you had like all these different, you had Australia, US, uh, Ukraine, all these, like, I think there's about 50 or 60 countries, I think, competed in it. And the cool thing about martial arts is that you, you got to help everyone out. So there's the Chinese team came over, but because of the pandemic, they had a struggle getting the coach over and they didn't speak a word of English. So they asked us to um, step in and wrap the hands for the Chinese group. So uh, I wrapped the hands and we were talking through like a little, um, phone translator thing like just having a chat <laughs> forward and then they said oh can you coach in the corner as well can you help them coach the Chinese team so it was like just like like sort of surreal things like that where martial arts sort of goes across all these cultures and all these different uh, countries and you help to help everyone out so even though I was there coaching the Australian team you could help out like another country and you know, another team to help them out and it was just amazing then at the end obviously with her winning the gold and getting the one championship contract, you got to go to there. Then you went to see one, you, you went to go and see one championship live over there with a full crowd um, at the time. And it's just, yeah, just really cool. It was really cool uh, experience to be over there and yeah, something, something uh, yeah, I won't forget. That's awesome. So without getting into too much detail, I know we've already talked about, we've talked about courting, what as a coach is next for her does she have a fight booked or is there anything coming up for the future 
um, it, it's hard with the pan, uh, obviously the pandemic flying yeah. and stuff. But we've been over for one fight, but it was a bit. You got to like sort of half the time. Sometimes you got to accept because of the contract. You have to accept some of the fights. So we we got a two week notice fight to fight uh, Colby Northcutt. Do you know? Do you know Sage Northcutt's sister? Have you ever said yes. him before? Yes, yeah. I have, yeah. So we ended, up, we ended up going over to fight her, and it was the weight above. She's like a big, she's a world champion karate girl. She's six foot tall. So it was a bit like last minute to go over there. And we went over there and we we competed and Connie did really well, but she got caught in a submission mm-hmm. um, in the fight. So that was sort of like just got us into the one championship. So then we're looking, we're waiting to hear for another offer now. I think the summit should be coming through pretty soon. And again, we'll have to fly over. You, you quarantine for a week in Singapore. You quarantine two weeks when you come back. So it's quite a big, it's a big uh, time frame to do it. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a great experience. It's a really cool experience. Just a bit, bit weird with the pandemic going over there, but it, it's cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It, it 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 is an unprecedented time. I mean, and it's a time also where we're in this weird phase now where we're going to these small temporary lockdowns where we get a couple of cases and then we head into like, I don't know, like a week and then everyone's going to wear masks for a week, which yeah. I always thought was a bit strange because you see guys in doing BJJ and wrestling where yeah. they're literally face to face with each other, sweating onto each other yeah. literally and all that. Yeah. And then you see people just working out with masks and like, just, I don't see the logic anyway. Um, without getting too much now, you speak very highly of your fighters and all that. And I just wanted to use this little bit of a moment for you to give a little bit of a branch out to them. Now you've got some fighters in internal, you got some fighters yeah. running world champions. Uh, who should we as an MMA community be keeping an eye out for right now? Some of the fighters in your gym for this, the rest for the time being. Yeah, we've got like a lot of, um, good guys coming through we've got some amateurs coming up as well like really good teams and so obviously Courtney will be fighting soon on one championship so it'd be good to support her because it's a WA girl as well um we've got uh the Joukowsky brothers you know Ryan and Frank uh Frank's just turned pro he's he was on a tear like he was undefeated in his amateur uh just got one controversial defeat and then he moved into pro and he's just won his first pro debut and then um who else we've got? We've got um we've got heaps of guys. We've got um Seb's just come over. He's 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 fighting with us, had a fight with us now. He's one of our pro fighters. We've got Kev uh coming up, he's going on a tear through the amateur division now. He's got got something big planned coming up. Um yeah, Rohan Casey's coming up. Uh just so many, so many guys at the gym. And then we've got all the tie boxing guys who are coming through who like but it's the girls and the guys are undefeated and looking for matches and um jujitsu guys are like competing on the weekend like yourself. Um and they're going on a bit of a tear as well. Like they've got getting gold medals, silver medals, you know, like so there's it, lots of people to look out for. Um yeah, it's hard to say. I don't wanna I don't wanna like I'll name some people and I'm gonna forget some people. It's hard to remember everyone, but um yeah, there's lots lots to come through. But yeah, I mean um Kev Cobb Hamill's doing really, really good. Um, he's in his amateur at the moment. He's uh, so just at one defeat, and he's just he's gone a bit of a tear going through people. So he's going to be going pro at some point. Um, yeah, just I'm just excited to get the new guys through as well. Some new guys fighting on the domination MMA coming up. Got some guys on there. Some first timers, eternal 
they've got a pro card in October. So I'll have a few guys on that. And then, uh, yeah, lots of good stuff. So some stuff in Melbourne I'm supposed to have on, but whether that goes ahead or not, I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird, it's a very weird state right uh, situation right mm. now over east. And uh, yeah. especially in New South Wales and I, uh, what is it, have been interviewing some fighters over east and they're telling me, oh, it's absolutely nuts. Like they can't even walk down the street and it's irritating for them because we're finally, you know, they've always got so high energy and to be forced to stay at home, you have to mm. like take your training home and you can't see your sparring partners, you can't see your mates and those are the people that help yeah. build you up and uh, so I understand the situation. Uh, moving, moving away from all that now, obviously from the conversation we've had, you seem like an extra, extremely busy person with a lot of responsibility, but I just wanted to, so I wanted to ask that, what's, how do you balance all of this? Like, uh, I, so if you don't mind me asking, are you, are you married? Do you have children? Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm married. I've got a daughter who also trains at the gym. She actually flies out tomorrow to the Paralympics. She's competing for Australia. Oh, so she's, what event? Uh, uh, 100-meter um, track. So it'll be wow. the, uh, she's, she's competed at Worlds before um, in the wheelchair, and then she, now she goes on to compete on the Paralympics, which is a massive thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously we're all behind her for that one as well. She'll compete on the 28th and 29th of August. Yeah, so we've got her going now, but she's 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 a bit older now. Yeah, and then then my wife um, at home as well. So yeah, it's it's hard to yeah it's hard to balance everything. To be fair, but you just try your best and try and try and plan everything as much as you can, even though some things don't go to plan. So the hardest bit about this job, I think, is is trying to plan dates and competitions and things like that. So I'm trying to plan events in the gym, trying to plan you know like running a gym and. Um, trying to make sure everything's everyone's going along and everyone's progressing in the gym. Then I'm trying to get fights for the guys and Perth's only small. There's only so many we can get here. Sometimes you've got to go over East and I'm planning all these fights over East and they're all getting canceled as well at the moment. So, I mean, it's, it's happening to everyone. It's affecting everyone. I can't really complain. Like I've been doing really well, but um, yeah, it's just trying to, trying to plan. I have my little whiteboard and I put all my dates on and stuff and make sure I don't double book things and trying to get my times and I just like to be organized week by week so like when I know who I'm doing training with which fighters I'm training with which PTs am I doing uh what structure I'm doing for my classes and it makes it a lot easier otherwise you're trying to plan day by day it's quite hard you know mm-hmm. uh, okay mm. so, you know you say it's hard to plan day by day but uh if it's all cool roughly can you give me like a typical daily structure for you do you have like a routine that you follow each day or is there certain things you know you've got to do each day it is but it varies from day to day so like every week i've got maybe i've got certain fighters that i work with at certain times of the day during the week obviously these are the classes as well um mm-hmm. but i'm like okay i'm going to work with you at this time on the certain day and we're going to cover this skill set because you are need to improve this or you're competing someone to counter that technique that they've got you know so we're, we're planning that way so each 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 fighter's got a different skill set they need to work on someone's a really good kicker but the footwork's not good or they're really good boxing and like so we're going to structure it that way and i find it easier me doing one-on-one with them and then when we come into the class so we have small like group fighter classes then i might work on a couple of principles of that for the like say a couple of the fighters everyone's going to going to um get better from doing it but i'm focusing on maybe a couple of the fighters in the class 
and then it's going to change every week, you know? So yeah, a typical week is that I've got my, all my classes that I teach. I plan my PTs week by week. So every Sunday I'll message them and say, right, these are the times I've got if you want to train. And then I have, um, then I have my fighters in at certain times. And then we're going to look at the weekends because being at MMA gym, there's usually a fight every weekend. <laughs> so like you've got, no, you've got no social life. So if it's not jujitsu, it's boxing. If it's not boxing, it's Muay Thai. If it's not Muay Thai, it's MMA. There's always something on. Then you're doing sparring days as well. So you've got to be prepared and think like, who needs to do this? This up and coming amateur needs to be doing more of this. And then this pro fighter needs to do this. So you just got to be as organized. So that's why I've got to like uh, use my other coaches as well. And be like, okay, so they're going to work work with a certain fight and do this while I'm working with a different fighter. So everyone's getting that one on one training. And remember, in the class, there's certain skill sets or principles we need to work on. So it, it's very hard to say what I do week by week, and it, it does change every week. The certain things will be the same with the PTs and that, but um, and with the fighters, but everything's going to change a little bit every week, and the structure is going to change. The classes are going to be the same though, at the same times and everything. Man, that's far out. So much in a week. So, personally, I just want to ask you now, like, you're doing all this, you take care of all these people. Like, what about, like, time for yourself? Like, uh, is there anything, like, you do as a hobby just to, like, relax? Or does someone like you just go bam, 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 24-7, 365? Uh, no, no, yeah. I do. A, I try and squeeze a lot into a weekend when I'm off. So, like, <laughs> I spend time with, with a wife and my daughter and then just family and stuff and all we'll catch up with friends on the weekend. That's my downtime. Um, but the look, good thing is that I'm doing, I opened the gym because I love the training. I love training. So at the moment I've got this injury. I've had a couple of injuries and a lot of wear and tear from doing it for so long. I'm trying to get over, but usually I'll jump in. I'll be grappling with the guys. I'll do some sparring with them when I'm in by myself. I do bag work and that. So what I enjoy doing is training. So like when I can be in the gym, I'm going to train, I'm going to teach. I love teaching. So that's, I'm not really, I don't, although it's tiring, it's very tiring. I don't feel like I'm working heaps, if you know what I mean. Because I do, I do enjoy it. I enjoy teaching, I enjoy training. And then on the weekend, I'll just enjoy myself. Um, and we'll just go out and do as much as we can. Then we start it all again on the Monday. See, uh, if you don't mind me asking, what can you tell me about your injuries? Um. Oh. Where do I start? Now I've got, I've got a heap of injuries. A lot of wear and tear. So like, yeah, things in my shoulder, my elbows, knees. I get injections and stuff and and I get an injury in my pelvis at the moment, which is probably the worst one I've had with is affecting my, just facts everything. Anything with, with your core, like if you get a bad back or you get like your, your abdominals or your pelvis, like there's not a lot you can do because everything's engaging my abs. So I'm getting treatment at the moment. I'm having scans and injections. So it's a, um, yeah, I'm sick of talking about it, to be fair. Like, it's just because I'm, yeah, I, I get a lot of injuries. And I think it's just from the wear and tear. So if you get a lot of the guys who competed a lot when they were younger and they trained a lot. The train, we used to train like really hard when we were younger. And it was like some of it was a bit crazy and sometimes maybe too much. Um, and now my body's sort of paying for that now. So it's just trying to maintain. So where, yeah, I just want to be able to maintain and be able to keep training and be able to keep teaching. So that's sort of where I'm at the moment. Okay. So tell me about your training, though. Like, how do you structure it if you've got, you know, if you're an MMA coach and, you know, you do jiu-jitsu? Like, what's like yeah. a typical training block week to week for you? 
Um, so for me, I'll try and, uh, as again, not this block's not happening at the moment because uh, <laughs> I'm injured. But um, usually, like, I'll try and get in two or three jujitsu a week where I'm going to be able to do some, like, drilling or some rolling with the guys. Um, I usually try and get a couple of days a week to do bag work and um, maybe some conditioning with it and then maybe uh, try and get some sparring at least once a week, get some sparring in. I'm getting a bit older now, but uh, I do like to jump in with the sparring with the lads as well. So that's usually my week. And some of the guys are really good. As I say, we help each other out. Some of the fighters I've trained up, they'll, they'll offer their whole pads for me and things like that. So we, I can do pads within the gym as well. So, um, yeah, I'd say probably an ideal week if I wasn't injured would be like three three or four times jujitsu and three or four times striking. I'll try and get some... Every, t- every time I do the training, I've got this mobility workout that I do at the beginning. And it takes me about 25 minutes just because... I never used to do it when I was younger and now I'm paying for it. So now I try and like just get the body moving and get the mobility going before I train every time now. And I try and tell the younger fighters to do this, but again, I never listened when I was younger and again, I'm I'm paying for it now. So now I just got to make sure that everyone's trying to be on the same point. And I think a lot of people more switched on now with it, with all the stuff on the internet and all this education out there what's important for training and if you're looking at the say ufc fighters for instance how smart some of them are training now it's more scientific i think more people are switched on now it's not really old school training mm-hmm. so hopefully they won't get as bad injuries when they're older yeah i definitely get to me and i'm always especially when it comes to mobility work as well always, so always to stress the importance of a warm-up um especially in terms of like specificity because mm. if you Everyone's got a certain body. Everyone's like got a certain body type, limb blank. Everybody's got different parts and different injuries and different weaknesses. If you're not doing a warm-up that's very specific to your needs and attention, then you're really not going to have. Like uh, from a PT perspective, if someone comes in and I have a completely different well, warm-up, if it was for a squat day or for a bench day or for a deadlift day, it should be yeah. the same for if you're going to do jiu-jitsu or you're going to do you know, kickboxing or boxing or whatever. That's that's definitely when you tell me, okay, I got a 25 minute mobility. I was like, that's good. That's standard. That's the way to go. Uh, I wanted to ask you because I am also a, I'm a strength coach. Like, what do you do specifically for strength and conditioning? For myself or fighters? Uh, for yourself. For myself, I just more. It's more like prehab. I do at the moment. Like, I'm not really because I don't really compete unless that's compete in jujitsu. I'm not mm-hmm. competing anymore. I just want to maintain. So I just do some like where I used to do a lot. Because I used to be a, I, well, I'm a qualified PT myself. I've got a sports science um, um, qualification and things like that. So that's Very my nice. background. And then, so like I thought, I know what I'm doing with my body, but like I got to do more prehab stuff to make myself healthy so I can so I can do a bit of training I can maintain I can hold pads all day um where it's going to take wear and tear my body so just stuff to maintain so my, my mobility work um strength work to strengthen up certain muscle groups because as you know from say doing kickboxing for instance there's certain muscle groups that will not fire as much you overuse certain muscles and you don't use as much other ones so I'm trying to like maintain like more posterior stuff as opposed to, because we're really anterior, like, but the shoulders, we've got the rolled shoulders forward like this. We get problems with our shoulders. We get problems with our hip flexors. The glutes don't fire. So I'm trying to sort of maintain and like strengthen 
those opposite muscle groups because like, the other ones get overused when I'm hitting the bag all day. That, that's what I, that's what I try and do. Again, I try to do that. So <laughs> if, if I if I did it very well, maybe I wouldn't be this injured. So I'll say this one thing. I hope you can take from me from this whole um, whole interview and person for me as a coach is there's no such thing as too much posterior chain work. There is no such thing. Um, yeah, yeah. I honestly, that we've proven before, like weakness in the posterior chain can result in we, uh, a more higher chance of injury in front uh, front of the body and all that because of the idea that the posterior chain is meant to uphold yeah. the front of the body. Uh, anyway, man, just before uh, I you that uh, we're sort of running out of time, but I just want you to use yeah. the last few minutes uh to give out to, sorry, to ask you is there any shout outs you want to give is there anybody you want to extend your gratitude before we wrap this up um just all the, all the team at the gym that helped me out like um wolves then team is really good not 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 just the coaches that's all the the guys who train in the gym the fighters they all helped me out um obviously my wife putting up with my my stuff at home um being out all the time and then yeah, just just everyone just helping me out i don't want to really individualize one person like because it's, it's a really a team effort that 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 helped me and and be able to run the business as i do and be able to build up these guys and these girls to where at what level we're at so um yeah just the whole team there would be it would be amazing awesome well thanks so much dave i really appreciate you taking the time and i sure. hope to see you on sunday man appreciate it